Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Afternoon FM. It's been a little bit of a while, but we're back. Uh, today I'm graciously joined by Brian Brodeur of East Main Media. Hello, Matthew. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for stopping by. Listen, I don't know if your listeners know where we do this, but this place is the most amazing place. Uh, the most amazing place. It's I, one of the, at least one of the most the amazing. Grand Canyon. You know, I think Taj better, Mahal. better than the Grand Canyon. Grand better Canyon is Grand... just, it's just a hole. This is not a hole. No. No. Very cool. It's Cheers. a wonder. Thank you for having me here. We are in phenotype stages in the prototype Patterson building. Uh, I actually initially uh, came to be aware of you from a very beautiful studio that, uh, you were leading over over the over the time uh, yeah you're talking about east main studios in little falls new jersey yeah. which i no longer shepherd i no longer run that facility but it was good while it lasted yeah we're gonna go into maybe the founding of that a little bit behind uh brian's like background uh this man is a man of many stories and a lot of uh, very <laughs> talented producer that's true i have a couple stories the talent well, i don't know about that like, uh, I don't stories know, i've got I don't know. i've been watching a lot of the vignettes uh yeah that's uh but yeah thank you for uh for stopping by man i'm i'm thrilled to chat about whatever you want to talk about deep dive as far as you want to go all right let's start from the beginning <laughs> who are your parents and what's your social security number but Let's where, see. Where are you from? Can I do my social backwards, right? It's like doing the alphabet when you get pulled over. Um, I grew up in New England. I'm from a small blue-collar town in Massachusetts called Athol. Hmm. Yep. And uh, it's on the Miller's River um, in the 80s. A uh, great place to grow up, you know, 70s and 80s. But, um, you know, it's a little down and out these days. Uh, I, was, I was just there recently, but... Um, kind of that small town vibe. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I don't think it's particular to my hometown. A lot of small towns are struggling and, yeah. uh, you know, COVID didn't help. And of course, technology's not making new jobs in small towns. Yeah. So anyway, cool. I, I had a great number of teachers there and uh, pretty normal upbringing. You know, my, my mom and dad there, uh, Norm and Audrey. I, uh, my dad just passed away a couple months ago. And so I was just up in New England kind of hanging out in, in the old hometown and uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, the Reagan 80s in uh, central Massachusetts. Oh, word. It's got to be very beautiful over there, though. It's just like the trees yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, people talk about what they did when they were kids and hanging out with their friends. And, you know, we were out in the woods and we'd go sledding in the, the logging trails down behind the school. And a lot of fun. Mm. Great for our imagination. Really came up with, made our own fun. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really where it comes into it, man. Like, I feel like a lot of the creativity is just to keep everybody from being bored. And that's good. Uh, that's good. When and you have an idle mind, you make stuff up, you know, and your mind's just not going to sit there. Yeah. So you come up with your own stuff. And for me, you know, not a lot to do in that small town growing up. And what I did is I found music. Hmm. And I naturally gravitated towards the drums. I have to give you a shout out, by the way, because when I walk in 
one of the first things I see here oh, the soundtrack to is Tommy. the soundtrack to Tommy the Motion Picture, um, <laughs> which, of course, I, I'm a gigantic fan of The Who and grew up listening to The Who. And, mm. you know, that got me into music from a young age. And uh, yeah. I was just debating, for those of you listening who are hip to this, the Pinball Wizard version by Elton John on the soundtrack album. Mm. And uh, I argue that the guitar solo in that tune is a great guitar solo, but mm. not everyone agrees. Anyway, I do. I, I think the the what's it called? The like the, it's like it sounds very Middle Eastern at the end of Teenage Wasteland. Like oh, the, yeah, that's interesting. I, oh, I love it. That's like one of my favorite. Uh, we could do an entire hour on just the Who, so let, let's not get <laughs> stuck there. Fair right? enough. So you said you got into the drums. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, what uh, kind of like were you like and going into starting band or were you just going in like traditional instruction? Uh, you know, I think it, I did a lot of instruction. I was that that young kid who could read music. I, I was 15 years old, called to do like local theater shows because mm. the drummer got sick and they threw me in the chair and I had to read the book like sight read a show, and I loved that. It was cool, but you i was a, a music nerd i was a, I was a band nerd mm. so it's not like i was cool and starting a band and like meeting girls that wasn't my vibe i, I was a, a much more of a geek into rush you know as yeah. the 80s come on yeah. so you know look guilty so the ba- uh, band tees in in, in, uh, in massachusetts but you know we had a great program though you yeah. know it's like we we had uh you know first i'll give some shout outs right first uh in in uh, i guess it's middle school right so before junior high mm-hmm. al benjamin you know got me interested and uh really kind of helped me along g- gave me a shot at playing a drum set in a, mm. like a sixth grade show concert mm. bananas for a kid like me like that was crazy you know yeah. and then into junior high my my music teacher was uh rick rick graco yeah. and and uh his son Junior is, is a great trumpet player. And uh, and then, of course, a mentor of mine, this guy, Bob Harris, who really took me under his wing in high school and introduced me to, you know, jazz and, and you know, fusion. And, and he huh. was a super cool guy. Went to Berklee College of Music and was really instrumental in getting me on a path to get into Berkeley myself in huh. Boston, which is really, you know, what happened next is come from the small town. And I went to Boston, went to Berkeley College of Music. Yeah. All right. So, and to and keep keep going into music towards like in your college years yeah i mean honestly like a lot of people at berkeley a lot of people uh, in boston in the in the kind of the music community um you know i was working as much as i was going to classes mm. i mean i'm in the studio classes at school and getting my hands on a lot of gear and technology that was brand new i mean look we're you and i are sitting here doing this and yeah. we use computers and and all kinds of gear to make content but yeah. That didn't really exist. It was tape, and and yeah. again, I'm dating myself. I mean, you know, no, 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 I was no, no. You know, late '80s. I was in college, and there wasn't even Pro Tools. Yeah. You know, it was brand new. But there were a lot of great kind of synthesizer technology and good teachers. And yeah. but then I'm out gigging, so I was out doing any gig I would do. You know, like playing on the cruise ship in the harbor, like the Spirit of Boston, or... Just doing you, drums. Yeah, playing drums, oh, yeah, wow. which That's was awesome. a blast, and I, I loved it. Got to tour Europe with a theater group, which was mind-bending. Oh, just 19 years old, here's your passport, throw your drums in a, in a box, and you're getting on a plane. Nice. What? You know, it was, it was a wild time. Huh. But when? Boston's cool. You know, Boston's a good college town, and... Um, you know, it was a good hang. When did you make the jump from music into media? Wow, good question. Um, 
short story. So I come out of Berkeley, start working at a recording studio, running a recording studio. Great days. Met great people, you know, using a real set of equipment, like real studio. It was great. Hmm. So that was always my dream, like to be kind of George Martin behind the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, like be that guy behind yeah. the glass. So those days were golden. And then I worked for an animation company. Um, you know, I kind of made a jump. I needed a gig that was a little bit more than the studio. I joined an animation company producing audio and, and doing a lot of dialogue editing, got really good at that. And that's when I first sort of got hip to video and how specifically audio works with video. Mm. So I learned a lot of fundamentals, a lot of the basics. Then when I come to New York, so I, I get recruited, little backstory there. I, I I do a session in New York City, but I'm still living in New England. And just like anyone would do, I gave my business card to the studio owner, this guy named Harry Hirsch, like legendary studio builder and, and owner. And he owned Media Sound and Sound Mixers, and he was involved in the Grammys. But it was kind of the end of his career, and I... I met him, I said, dude, if you ever need someone, call me. Mm. And like, I don't know, 60 days later, 90 days later or something, my phone rings and it's Harry. He goes, I need you, wanna come to New York? Mm. I'm like, yeah. So I basically two weeks, boom, packed, sold my car, moved Mm. to Brooklyn. And then, you know, take the F train, come up in Times Square and, you know, here's that kid from the small Massachusetts town walking down Broadway, basically, Jeez. you know, it's really bizarre. A little jarring. Yeah. Really weird. After even what, even after Europe, huh? Well, just you know, it's, it's like you, you grow up in a small town. You don't have that sensibility, right? It's not. I, I think about my wife. She's from Staten Island, and you know, New York City is just very close to her understanding. It's always been yeah. there. You know, for me, it's like what was the biggest thing in my hometown growing up? It's like a canoe race. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a joke for those who know the river rat race, a canoe race. So, you know, it's like, you know, I, I go to Europe. That's crazy. I come down to New York. Holy crap. That's more crazy. And uh, what we did, what Harry and I ended up doing is DVDs happened. Yeah. So this is early mid 90s. And, you know, DVDs get invented. Yeah. So we opened one of the first DVD studios in Manhattan. What, to be able to print and like publish? Yeah, author. Yeah, to author them and master DVDs for people. Huh. And, you know, the burner, this is, for for those of you who don't realize what I'm talking about, you know, these are discs. Yeah. And you had to burn them. Yeah. And the burner that we used back in the day was $50,000. I mean, it's it's silly now, right? It's silly to talk about this. No, 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 no. It's to buy that piece of gear. I actually yeah. graduated high school by selling, uh, by selling DVDs. It was 2010. It was giant business. Yeah, yeah, It was huge. It was huge. And I always remind people, the DVD business wasn't about DVDs. It was about selling players. Mm. We just all made the content that went in it. Mm. So that's the answer to your question, right? So I I get into the DVD biz, mastering DVDs, you know, and... Away I go, you know. No, I really like the like that. Uh, like we're we're here to sell the the, the players, but the uh... all about the players. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. Yeah. Huh. Multi-billion-dollar business, and the DVDs are just the commodities. 
It's yeah. pretty crazy. The uh, there's a there's that old trope about the gold miners where it's like hmm. the people who made money during the gold uh, the gold rush was the uh, wasn't the people who found the gold. It was the people who were selling the pickaxes. Yeah, no oh, doubt. Uh, Every industry needs its support. It's like what's going on with the New Jersey film industry here, like where we down. sit, you know. And the as, any film you bring to the state needs all of that support. Yeah. And so all of the people, all the boats rise, I guess, is the cliche, the cliche says. So. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing that actually brought me back uh, to New Jersey. Not really, it wasn't the only thing. It was mostly like I wanted, to, I, I needed to take care of my family. Um, nobody was watching my grandmother, but I was in California yeah. for a very long time. I was, uh, I went to school at LACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just impossible to make a film in like Los Angeles. It's like here in New Jersey, I feel like. Yeah. You get like shout out to David Schoner. Yep. Uh, you get like, uh, like, this state like backs you. Like they're like they want you to be able to create your your vision and to illustrate it. But like over in LA, you're like uh, you're a drop of water in a river, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that's what the town is, yeah. you know. Um, and of course, I I will let my cynicism show through, which is money talks. <laughs> and true. you know, look tax break is going to work when you get tax breaks here in the state people are going to come here and spend the money hello netflix hello Lionsgate. hello everyone else yeah yeah it is refreshing to see to see like uh just new industries popping up especially over here in patterson man like uh going in and seeing like the the people are like actually like oh we're working on like you know tv series uh bunch of bunch of films are getting shot here now and it's just like you know we've had this space for a very long time and now it's like finally coming into fruition or at least like having a light shine on it now but yeah i love this place man blown away coming here oh yeah yeah, prototype like your two floors here people should be shooting here place looks awesome yeah thank you bro this is uh we got we got phenotype uh as like i i came here in august and i saw like how uh, how the theater was and like it's very beautiful very beautiful like events get thrown here man yeah, it's great very, vibe really yeah. so many different spaces to work in here super cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just uh yeah we got this to be able to to shoot like uh to have like like the the vibe of this or the 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 essence of this place is a blank canvas for your expression so love it just to be able to uh to come in and like add music videos for the people that are coming here the touring bands we just actually yeah. had felix free over the performance days. space is killing because you got a lot of lights you, you got the curtaining that helps kind of cut the room down and yeah. it's still just a fun space too it feels like a great club yeah it's it's pretty cool you guys got something going on here i'm thrilled to be here yeah it's, it's cool man. yeah uh let's go into your studio man let's see how like uh how did that mm-hmm. like how did that end up transpiring so uh, the East Main uh, mm-hmm. facility. It's interesting. I mean, start out, you know, I, we sort of left off. I, I was working with Harry. We built the DVD business. I struck out on my own, right? I'll mm-hmm. fast forward this a little bit. So, oh. you know, I, I'm making DVDs and want to work in the music field, which that's kind of my background. I connect with uh, this company, Hudson Music, who did a lot of like music educational stuff, right? So, did a ton of that work. I mean, met all these heroes of mine, Steve Gadd, Vinnie Cagliuta, like all these amazing people. Mm. Did a lot of work with Hudson, great guys, great products. That was 
a bunch of years, right? So that goes right into the middle of 2000s and DVDs start dying, right? Mm -hmm. DVDs going away. So if you're running a business and you're a professional, you know, like, what do you do? You got to find something else to do. You got to diversify and blah, blah, blah. So I said, I, I've got to find some other things to do. We start, I, it's really just me and a very small team, really just freelancers. So I start doing more editing and sort of dubbing and conversions and stuff like that. And then we land PBS. So we start working for, uh, you know, like a New Jersey PBS production company. And that ends up fast way forward now to 2015, 2017, you know, pandemic's coming, but it's not here yet, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got a staff of about six or seven people. We've got a couple thousand square feet um, in Little Falls, but not the big space. So I continue to try to do more things, right? I, we're doing all this TV work. Uh, it's regional, right? We're doing a bunch of that. It's airing in the city. It's airing in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we do some national stuff. So we did like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a mm -hmm. uh, bunch of other different things. Buzz Aldrin came in mm -hmm. and did some stuff for Disney with us. Mm -hmm. Super cool. And again, I had to figure out I got to diversify, right? I can't get stuck in this pigeonhole. So one day I hear banging in the building. Uh, what the hell is that? And I go upstairs where there's this huge area, right? It's a big kind of like, it's like an old bank. Basically think of it like that. Mm -hmm. It was sort of a, you know, mid 20th century corporate office that had sort mm -hmm. of languished. <laughs> so there's a company that's working up there and they're moving out. I go up there and they're tearing the place apart. What's going on? So I start, I realize like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit here and watch what happens. Who, who knows what's going to come in? Like, mm -hmm. you know, a Zumba studio or like whatever, or maybe I take it over, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I expand into there, which costs money and you know, all of that. And, uh, you know, again, shout out to my dad. You know, I called him up. I said, man, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, you can, you're going to take a chance, right? So either if you don't take a chance on taking this space and building it out like a cool studio, then if you don't take that chance, you still have the risk. You don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't know who's going to come in there. Is it going to affect your business downstairs and you can't work downstairs? So I said, screw it, right? We're going to take the space. It's about turned my facility into about 9,000 square feet. Jesus. We had storage you know three or four post rooms audio video had in-house producer managing it all mm -hmm. like a great team of people and then we renovated the space so we put like 30 grand of ac in mm. painted curtained really cool and just as we started doing some tv did one full season of a cable show basically COVID hits so there it was you know the timing it's the joke like well what's gonna happen a pandemic well yeah that's exactly what happened so you know Sorry had a pile of money and burned it and moving on so. yeah it's but you know man it's like that's like i don't know man it's, it's there's like those humbling moments man where you, you yep. just like gut check you always yeah you 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 get very grounded with it man it's weird because uh uh i don't know man i uh before coming over here like i went to lacc and i was i was a film student and then uh I got invited to be a producer on this documentary called Marijuana Paradise. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw it on IMDb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was a producer on it, and um, we 
you know, I went up there, and then the first year, I like, you know, we went there, we were shooting the interviews, and I kind of, I just wanted some calm, so I, I, I basically apprenticed as a, as a cannabis uh, grower hmm. for the first year, and the second year, I took the money that I got from growing, and I, I just, I rented out land, and I just built up land, and I was, wow. it was just up my girlfriend and everything, and I had, like, you know, I could have gone back to LA and had that cushion, and maybe did this or that, or the other thing, man. But I went up to I went up to to what's it called, uh, and I I rented this land and I did my season and it's uh, it's weird man because like I don't know I'm not really like I, I did a good season like I I know how to grow plants it's just uh, my buddy gave me a really good uh, piece of advice he said like it's not a job it's a lifestyle mm, sure yeah uh, and I went I went through my season and I you know I put a bunch of money into this this like plot of land and then like you know i don't know i didn't really have a lot of distribution so i don't know like a lot of shit went to spoil i like robbed you know what mm, i mean and then yeah. like i just you know i would just bounce around i would take gigs you know doing just like here's like an indoor run or here's like this and uh it was weird because like at one point i just said like fuck it and i uh i went back i was driving back and i drove back home and I, I i got an apartment in lower east side on the mm. way back and uh you know i needed a gig and my buddy from like when i was like 18 working as like a waiter hooked me up with a gig as uh he was training me to be a sous chef and i'm not really you know i went i went i went as i was uh, this is the sheridan and, and weehawken wow he was training me to be like a sous chef but uh you know i don't know it was weird it was strange it was a weird humbling moment where uh you know like it's just like I'm back and like I'm back in the same place, but then you just you get grounded and then you you're able to go anywhere where you want in your life, man. You know, I, you know that's I appreciate the analogy, like the parallel. It's like I think you perceive that's exactly what I'm going through right now and, mm. and have gone through, and it's true. Yeah, I, I you know I applaud that. I, I agree. Um, it was it was heavy. I mean, let me pile on top of that, right? Give give you some perspective. So. You know, at the time that all of that was going on and, and pandemic hits, you know, we were fortunate enough to get some federal funding just to keep people employed. Yeah. Like a lot of businesses, we kept the place open. We, we paid the rent. Our biggest client walks away. You know, they, they break their deal because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So we got, you know, our revenue disappears. We have this, all these bills because, you know, the landlord still banging on the door for the rent yeah. you know all of that so we decide to walk away and in the middle of that i'm also dealing with uh, i was co-producer in a film where uh, you know without getting into details one of the other producers ba was basically mentally ill it was like very and mm -hmm. you know just really off the rails a little bit mm -hmm. and we we kind of had to get out of that deal is literally legal action it was really uncomfortable mm. got out of that of course when everyone knows as soon as you get into anything legal it, the lawyers are the ones that win yeah. everyone loses money so got out of that and uh, uh yeah and just to continue with the ultra depressing story of course i get cancer so Jesus yeah Christ. so 2021 20, i you know you get the phone call like Hey, whatever. So prostate cancer and uh, the awesome folks at Memorial Sloan Kettering got out their robot and carved that shit out. 
So I'm I'm cool. Good. So uh, thank God. Cheers to Eugene Cha, Doctor Cha, over at MSK. Word. Badass. Anyway, so that's cool, right? So pile all this crap on top, and and then I go through exactly what you're talking about, yeah. like that gut check. Like, wait a second, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? Am I gonna jump back on the wagon and run after these knucklehead PBS people who think they're really great, but they are not? Mm. You know, and. I just said, screw that, you know, I'm just going to restart like it's 20 years ago, you know, and just, what am I doing? What do I want to do? What do I want to spend time doing with whom? And, you know, look, I got a great family. My kid's going to college this year and my son, you know, he's just brilliant. And, uh, you know, my wife's working her ass off like everybody these days. She's busy and she's super smart. So we got our thing going on. We do a lot of traveling, and I'm I'm really focusing on music now, like what you're talking about. Back, that gut check, like yeah. okay, this is what I want to do. This is what's going to be my lifestyle. Yeah. And it's not a job. It this is what I do on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where my head's at. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wonderful, bro. That's like that's like really Cheers. where it's at too, man. Like, you know where it's at. Yeah. This coffee that you made me is where it's at. <laughs> it's iced coffee. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 man. No. But yeah, dude, it's like, uh, it's weird. I was like looking, I looked at my life when I was like over there, bro. It's like, uh, it's a whole different lifestyle. It's like, I've, I've seen it, bro. I've, I've, I've just, I've gone, through, I've, I went through like, you know, so much crazy stuff over there, man. Like tweakers breaking into the fucking greenhouses and like all this stuff. And now yeah. I'm in like this place and it's like, it's it's wonderful man but it's like you know it's always like a build up a breakdown like a build up but it's like you know it's really like when when you're in the moment and you're in the moment of just creating stuff i'm a big uh I'm, that's why i do the photography mostly every day right yeah. which is cool i, I love your photography thank i see it on bro. instagram thank yeah. you i appreciate Very it cool. yeah bro it's uh that's my like mm. moment for the day where it's uh completely yeah it's completely like it's like this as well i like i'm mostly like this whole podcasting thing was always an exercise like in, in listening and i actually only started doing podcasting because one of my cameras fucking broke hmm. yeah i didn't break it's just I, I i always like if i can't carry a camera with me i always i'll take it with my phone i don't give a fuck like you know what i mean if like yeah. audio it's like yeah. as long as the act of creation is is like sure. it's like working out uh, which I gotta get into. <laughs> okay, get you out. and me both. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, yeah, dude. It was a. Uh, it was the camera was fucking up, and um, you know, and I still had the, all that energy that I needed to like make stuff, and like you know, I was like, oh shit, like what what what, what do I do? And then uh, yeah, I started to to get into to podcasting more, and it was yeah. more about like I gotta get into the 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 practice and the exercise of listening. And like just absorbing it because this is technically mm. a form. It's not photography, but it's like a form of it. It's this ex the creative exchange, man, is what really is the grounding factor in my life. Like I need to do it or I'll yeah. go crazy. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I don't have enough hours in the day to create. You know, I'm doing corporate stuff, clients, doing video. I do a lot of editing, which I enjoy. Um, but I just don't have enough time in the day. I literally mean that. Like, I just want more time every day yeah. to mix, record, write, whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm. So hit me, hit me with a, a good question, because I know you got a couple in you. Like, what, what do you want to know that I can deep dive on? Hmm. This 
just wondering, what, what do you, uh, when you're making, because I've listened to, I listened to some of your tracks, I, I noticed the one ambient track that was on YouTube. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I've been doing a bunch of ambient stuff, yeah. Yeah, how, uh, what do you go into when you're about to create a piece of music? How do you, how do you get started? Wow. Um, what's your what's your process looking like? It's interesting. Could be a lot of processes. Could be a lot of different ones. I generally work in logic. Okay. So I will be sitting in front of a workstation. Um, Nine my or ten. Uh, or or you over Logic Ten? Or yeah, the latest, whatever you okay. know. Hit update, update, yes, update. Um, Very strict on Logic Nine. I don't know why I'm like mm. I'm like one of the Final Cut Pro, you know, the Final Cut uh -huh. people that are sure. like I'm not leaving Seven. Yeah, I'm like I'm been not, there, I'm totally been there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of we we shipped a lot of TV shows with Seven, uh, yeah. and Ten came out, and we were like, "Hello, Premiere." Truth. No, it's totally true. Um, well, you know, here's my studio, right? So I've I've got the digital workstation, so I've got a keyboard on that, but that's Logic with plugins galore. You know, uh, on the synth side, there's Contact, there's you know all of the the Kersner stuff, you know, Samplitude, um, all the normal stuff, a couple roll-in things, and then in processing for mixing, I've just got everything. It's stupid. It's waves, all the you audio stuff, just tons of stuff. So I love that, you know. People, one of my heroes, Daniel Lenoir, they refer to him as a sonic architect. Mm. I love that idea. Like, I, I love that idea. Just mm. shaping sound yeah. and coming up with stuff. So to my right in that setup, I have a V-drum kit. Because mm. as a drummer, you know, I'm not blasting my full Gretsch seven-piece yeah. there in the house. Yeah. Uh, oh, I should explain. My studio is in, in my house now. I, I moved out of Little Falls. I have an entire floor of my house that's the studio. And then I live upstairs with my family. So mm. that's when I refer to the studio. That's what it is. And so I don't have my full Gretsch kit there, which is lovely. But I've got a V-drum set up. So that's really cool. It's completely wired in. I can play along with tracks and get the, the rhythm feels I want. Mm -hmm. Or I can create with that instrument too. So I can sort of map sounds onto the kit and then play them with what is essentially from a rhythmic standpoint. But that will generate ideas. Now, where do the ideas come from? Any number of places. I'll give you a recent one, which I've, I've enjoyed. Uh, Logic will do a, a thing, well, there's a few ways to do this, but Logic will translate a piece of audio into MIDI notes, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's meant to be like, if I'm playing a guitar solo or a piano solo, and I want to create a virtual version of that musical uh. instrument, right? But what I do is I take found sound or location ambient sound, mm -hmm. and I pump it through that system, and it generates midi notes from this found sound huh. and i i just i i sort of did that as a as a whim i guess like what's this going to be like and i yeah. i sort of threw some ambient and I, and I say ambient meaning like location sound like out in the world uh i think i used like a paris cafe or something like that mm -hmm. and it generated a bunch of data it gives you the notes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. what are those notes right yeah, what yeah. key is a paris cafe in mm -hmm. it's not music <laughs> it's talking and horns and people and and so it translated it translates it into you know a, a musical representation and then I take it from there. And yeah. then I basically will process that sound, um, multiple, multiple layers of all kinds of stuff. And I, and I often like to introduce a, like a randomizer, like a, something that introduces 
an element that's always brand new. Hmm. So even if I sort of replay that that sequence or that piece of music, the randomizer will be affecting the mix in hmm. real time randomly. And of course, that sounds weird enough, but I have signal paths and signal chains all daisy chained off each other. So you've got one synth that's side chained to another that's getting randomized and it's creating different reverb blooms. It, it just, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's insane. I don't know about beautiful, but no, it's, it's a little nutty. Though. Yeah. No, when you, when you're making like, it's crazy. Cause, uh, I, I, it's, I'm like, I'm really, I'm intrigued about it because it's, uh, I, I've been doing these, like, uh, these things called light paintings and it's kind mm. of, you kind of have like not the same process of mm. it. So what I've been doing is, uh, I, I have a, I have like a mandatory like workload per day, like, uh, where I have to at least do at least like two photos or put out a photo every single yep. day. Um, Exercise that muscle. Yes. But yep. I, but some days I don't even make it outside or I can't find a good subject or whatever. Yep. So I wanted to figure out a way to be able to make stuff uh, like mm. on the fly. Yep. So what I would do is like, uh, it was actually, it's all through the iPhone. Um, I take the, I take the camera. So it's the same. It's basically the same philosophy of you're taking something, yep. making something from nothing. It's remix culture too. Yeah. Right. So we're using things in our art, re regurgitating them. In yes. a way. I mean, it goes back to like Andy Warhol and that's going to be really pretentious really fast. So I will stop right there. <laughs> awesome. So tell me more about the, the light, light painting. So the process for it is, uh, I would take my phone. So say I, I was like right here. All right, and I take a. You see how the camera is facing face down right. on this. Matthew so. opens up his phone and I has the, the phone. camera yes, on no. the screen. <laughs> Sorry for the. No, it's all good. <laughs> so there's obviously not a lot of light that's hitting that. Right? Yeah, so it's you black, take yeah. a long exposure and it's taking all the uh, all the all the what's it called the artifacts sure. of, uh, of what light can actually hit it. Yep, uh, totally get that. Taking it and exposing it, and then I run it through processes, like through uh, a couple of times, and then it's crazy sure. because uh, if you run enough of them, it'll it generates this like this type of texture, and the, once you bring, mm. you get into coloring it and you get into like really crafting it, it's just some of the some of the, the, the images are very like it looks mm. it looks like paintings, right? Like, yeah. And it's it's a process of a process of a process. Yeah entity it's exactly what i just described yeah. same thing yep. yeah it's, it's, it's just nuts it's, it's crazy to see that like musically yeah yeah you know it's funny i i know friends of mine would listen to this conversation and they'd be chuckling like what brian's doing weirdo ambient music you know mm. uh, but and i kind of agree with that idea that it's a surprise it's not something that I sort of have listened to a ton. I mean, I'm aware of Eno and, you know, kind of other people, yeah. but you know, it, it, it's not something I kind of grew up really vibing on, yeah. but it, for me, it, it, the muscle I'm exercising is the studio, yeah. you know, and it's using the facility and kind of the studio engine, you know, the kitchen that it is, you know, like yeah. to, to kind of make soup right yeah. get, uh, get all these ingredients let's see what happens i'm gonna i'm gonna bake the mushrooms over there i'm gonna cut the celery throw it all in let's see what kind of soup i come up with that's how i i think of it well that's yeah. beautiful dan yeah. no, it's, it's, it's or it'll now. really suck and it's really unlistenable sometimes that happens <laughs> 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 and i just you know hit delete no nope, a lot not... of like the uh 
work until like three o'clock, two o'clock in the morning type of whatever. No, what God, no, what the kind opposite. Of schedule are you on? Are you like? Uh, uh, look, you man, now? I'm a family man. I, so you you're know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I am sitting in my office nine to five unless I'm out doing a cool podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know, I like to hang out at night with my family and watch some TV. And if I'm really driven, I will run downstairs and do stuff. Mm. But then again, I I don't I don't want to kind of ignore my domestic life to be tied to the studio like like Zappa, you know, like well, you yeah. just never saw him. He's downstairs working, you yeah. know, and at least not in my life right now that's the my kids going to college and me and my wife are going to be kind of a duo and uh so we'll see what happens you know i I may do more studio stuff but i am doing a lot of it right now i'm I'm kind of launching i this is not breaking news or anything but i'm I'm gonna launch a label this year it's like my own label and that sounds stupid who would launch a label and it's not really what i mean but i'm i'm going to be i i have a distribution deal and i'm i'm going to be putting out a bunch of my own work uh this year probably three ambient albums i hope by the end of the year uh in atmos too so i'm going to mix them at sound on sound in montclair in atmos and then a bunch of other projects. So there's a lot of music going on in my universe right now. Yeah, no, yeah. just keeping it going. How's East Main Media? Like, uh, yeah, like covering. Well, I mean, again, in perspective of shutting down a nine thousand square foot studio with, you know, two hundred TV episodes a year. I mean, that's yeah. what we came out of. So now it's really like me and a handful of clients that I really like, that I have a good relationship with, that I can. I can work with, you know, where, how do I put this? Like, they appreciate what my skills are and what I can deliver, as opposed to me being like, you know, just kind of a hired, you know, dancing hyena or something, you know. I'm not being clear about that. But sometimes in the service business for media, as I'm sure you know, you can just get yelled at constantly. Do this, do it, it's not good enough. No, I want it different. Not that color orange, the other color orange, damn it. (laughs) I am too old for that. I don't want that. So um, I really like firing clients. If you're a pain in my ass, you are getting fired. (laughs) <laughs> so that's fine and but you know what I, it, it's a luxury it comes time though man it comes a lot of time to be able to like do it man it's a luxury to say it, it. is yeah I, it I, is. but it's okay man I've, I've paid my dues I don't give a shit I've yeah. paid my dues I got nothing to prove to anyone I don't really care I've you know whatever so um, I just like the clients they're cool and they respect what I do and I can deliver stuff that I like and then they say hey that's great thank you and that's, I think, what I wish on anybody that's running a business. But we all know it isn't always that nice. So, so mm. it goes. You got any working titles for uh, for the ambient eye? Oh, dude, oh. good question. Um, no, I mean the the kind of the joke was we have them, you know, up on the sketchboard. Everybody does this, right? You write it on the wall. Yeah. Um, it, it's really like ambient one. That's like <laughs> one, two, and three. And there's no real working. It's like the fake working title right now. Yeah. Right. Which might be fine because I, what am I, you know, <laughs> I, I actually, it, I'm laughing to myself because I, I asked chat GPT the other day. I swear to God, oh, I put in God. an AI question. What should I title an ambient record? And it all came out. It's, I reckon oh, all the cheesiest stuff. Like, 
you know, transcending peace and like, you know, stillness atmosphere, you know, like all of this stuff. And I just hit delete. I think ambient one is just fine. Okay. No questions what it is. Well, brother, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you. uh, My pleasure. We're right on time. Thank you you so much for stopping by. Uh, Brian Brodeur. Big fan of the place. Big fan of you. And uh, anytime you need me to come back and talk about some more crazy stuff, I'm happy to do so. You're always welcome here. Uh, Where can we find you on social media? Um, East Main Media is the kind of professional level stuff. Let's see, mainly Instagram, but YouTube. I think we still have Facebook, Twitter, uh, which nobody seems to care about. No, you got to Twitter. Twitter's got its moments, man. All right. Well, that's fine. I get some stuff there, I guess. Um, But also uh, on Instagram, uh, I'm F1 Jazz Nutjob. And uh, that's my personal account. And, uh, (laughs) of course, I'm a Formula One fan, and I like jazz, and that is a... Those of you who know, that's a joke from uh, Ricky Bobby, the movie Ricky Bobby. So look that one up. F1 Jazz Nut Job. That's my Instagram. All right. Brian Brodeur, ladies and gentlemen, Woo. stay beautiful, people.